What's going on, guys? Kieran Edley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast, and I'm here with Yano, uh, a recent friend of mine, actually. We, um, we recently got connected uh, through a friend who he met at a circle, I believe, and yeah. from there, uh, we decided to meet for a coffee, rather a coconut, as you do in Bali, yeah. and uh, <laughs> we just hit it off straight away. It was one of those conversations where you just light up. Um, it's, it's a very stimulating conversation you leave feeling more energized rather than drained. So it was, it was a real beautiful meeting. And uh, since then we've really um, communicated a few things and I just instantly wanted him on my podcast. He's got an amazing story. You will not believe how many people would relate to this because I feel like if you are in this place that he's gonna talk about, you might feel quite lonely, uh, but you're gonna be surprised in terms of how common this might be. So I wanna dive into it and I'm gonna get um, Yano to introduce himself. Um, and he's also gonna go over a few tools uh and tips in terms of how he managed to get out of that specific space so please without um, further ado please introduce yourself yeah man thanks for having me of course um epic yeah so a little bit about myself um you know i I grew up in america i was born in america um and as a result of that was kind of like handed this ideology this paradigm this way of living um and i always i always kind of like refuted it when i was younger in Mm. school I was always just like, uh, like, well, well, what if I want to do something different, you know? And I always got in trouble. Uh, I got in a lot of trouble when I was like, in, especially in high school, my teachers and the counselors and my peers, fellow students were always like, essentially, they were just like, shut up and conform, you know? Um, and so as much trouble as I got in throughout all of that, I still like kind of held true to this. Like, I want to live my life the way that I want to live my life. Like, sorry, but your opinions don't really matter to me type of thing. Um, but I struggled with that, like my whole life, you know, because I felt alone, you know, like I was the only one that had like a desire even to do something different than, than the societal norm than the totally. American dream. Right. Um, And as a result of that struggle for me personally, uh, the coping mechanism, if you will, that I developed was drugs and alcohol, um, Mm. most specifically alcohol. Mm. And I got really, really, really trapped in alcoholism, uh, which was um, a tool that I used to hide from the fact that I wasn't living my truth. Um, And so I tried to fit in. I tried to conform. I, I tried to... I tried to, you know, be validated. Like, I think that's all any of us really want at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Is, is to feel loved and supported and, and validated for our efforts, right? Totally. Um, and the only way that I could see myself successfully procuring said validation was, was to do what everyone else expected. You know, so I tried college, ethically failed three times. <laughs> um, but then I, like got uh pretty good at chefing specifically pastry chefing and baking mm. um and so i did that on yachts for a while like five six years um but i was still drinking i was still hiding i i, I perhaps was now succeeding at conformity but on the inside like i still it wasn't it wasn't right you know um and it's only been maybe a year and a half i quit drinking uh, and using about three years ago now. Okay. Um, so that was super powerful. Me like tuning into myself, into my own power, and and honestly, if I could swear, being like fuck everyone else, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
And so I just... I love how you say it with the biggest grin as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, like, fuck yeah. everybody. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a hard process to come to that conclusion. But nonetheless, I did. I quit drinking. Um, and then I, I was still in my comfort zone of chefing and working on yachts for a while. Um, but then kind of started to realize after like a year of sobriety also that like, like the next step was even to like leave behind the career, leave mm. behind the comfort zone of the support, the financial support, the, the approval of the masses, right? I had to like, I still felt called to do something more. Mm. Um, and so this has been now about the past year and a half where like I didn't even own a cell phone. I didn't even own a laptop. I was super unplugged. That was like mm. the initial part of my like spiritual journey, if you will. Um, but then, yeah, so I plugged back in. I plugged all the way back in. And now on the other side of that, like I'm, I'm actually building a business in the space of addiction recovery mm. and, and hoping to create and garner a space that encourages and cultivates uh, an empowerment within the recovering addict so that mm. they feel like they can propel themselves mm. in the direction of their own desires, you know? Totally. So many recovering addicts like are just belittled and demeaned and pushed into a corner and, and inevitably turn back to like the only thing that understands, right? Which mm. is the drug or alcohol in the first place. Totally. Um, so I'm building a company in that space and then I'm also building a company in the space of where we connected quite powerfully of uh, what we could call conscious masculinity um, because a big part of my hiding from myself was not being able to like like not being able within the societal norm to actually be the sensitive more feminine if you will man that I am you know like society always tells us like men don't cry right like oh be a fucking man about it like all this blah blah you know and and so i emotionally repressed myself for my entire life um and in order to ignore those emotions that existed within myself i i drank and i used mm. you know because it was a it was a very successful numbing agent um and and so when i finally decided that i was done hiding from myself resultantly that i was done using and drinking um, then I just started allowing everything I had been hiding from my whole life to surface, which was a process. Yeah. Right. Like you're taking a heavy side here because it, it was, it's been, it's been an interesting three years. Imagine um, all that bottled up energy, man. Just like so much emotion, so much trauma from life, man. Yeah. Like even like I call it peeling back an onion, right? Like, so we have just like, you, you, you address one layer, right? And onions, a perfect metaphor for this, right? Because like when you peel back a layer of an onion, like you're going to cry, man. Like there's some fucking tears. Yeah. <laughs> and, but then you realize that like, there's still more of that onion to peel back and more to peel back and more to peel back. Like, like you said, it's a freaking ogre, right? <laughs> yeah. Man, like, it's a trend, man. But yeah, when, when we've been repressing like our whole lives, mm. man, like even for me, like in the context of relationships with women, right? Like I, I've had like heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak, like my whole life, you know, like. I love too too much, too fast, too early. Yeah. Oh man, you know? I vibe with that so much, man. That was my story as well, yeah, in a nutshell. And yeah, and so anyways, just in the context of the onion metaphor, right? Like then you get to where like I don't know, maybe like four or six months ago, like I was like emotionally addressing a relationship from when I was like fifteen years old. Like that I didn't even like until I peeled back the onion layer after layer after layer after layer and like dealt with that shit. 
I didn't even realize that I had shit that I hadn't dealt with from 14 years ago, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Right. Um, so yeah. Anyways, that's kind of like a quick rundown of my story yeah. and and where I'm at now and um. Yeah. Empowered on the other side, trying to push myself forward into a new paradigm that that allows and holds space for others to do the same totally yeah so um before we dive into uh the struggles and the successes in terms of like um how you sort of won over um your own internal self and your own internal power i want to dive into a little bit more about what you're doing specifically right now so in terms of the um working around um, conscious masculinity and addiction recovery uh i want to start around addiction recovery what exactly are you doing that's going to be the new paradigm or the new change in terms of how people go about recovering from yeah addiction? man yeah. uh i mean it's it's a big vision that i have and yeah. it, it's gonna develop i mean it's already developing quite rapidly but if i could speak to it on like a fundamental level mm. right then like we can look at the 12 steps mm. of alcoholics anonymous um if if you look at the 12 steps right and and the path that they guide an individual mm-hmm. down. The 12 steps are a path towards spiritual enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think every single human being should work some variant of the 12 steps. Yeah, totally. And right? actually, like, they mentioned that. I just want to mention quickly, I interestingly did a podcast where I shrunk down the 12 steps to about five steps, just like sort of summarize it in a way yeah. where like um, a few of the steps would just be in one category and there'd be five different categories. And I came down to um, awareness, acknowledgement, acceptance, healing, and growth. Um, in terms of yeah, yeah, in terms of just like categorizing yeah, it, yeah. and it was just um a more simplistic way. But yeah, I did um I did a podcast where I summarized it, and um, uh, yeah, literally uh, instead of just applying it to alcohol or drugs, I applied yeah, just like what you said, applied it to yeah, I applied it to mental health. But yeah, um, the spirituality, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah beautiful, it's, beautiful. It's such a perfect. And and I think we had a conversation about this at one point as well. But um, for the audience, like for me, within the twelve steps as powerful as they are right and and as as applicable mm. as they are to every single person's process of healing or overcoming or or being resilient right like fundamentally the 12 steps are dysfunctional mm. in the very first step yeah. in the very first half of the very first step saying we admitted that we were powerless mm. right and i'm not sure like naturally like what what the conscious awareness or the conscious outlook was at the time that the 12 steps were written but in today's level of human consciousness like we, we've elevated to a point where to me that's fundamentally inaccurate to any process of healing from anything yeah like totally. absolutely in no way shape or form ever 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 should anyone ever admit that they are powerless no. over anything totally right um and so for me, like if I could talk about everything that I'm doing in the space of addiction recovery into one simplistic sentence or two, is that like a rewrite of, of a rewrite. I'm, I'm rewriting the 12 steps, yeah. right? But, but fundamentally a rewrite of, of the orientation around how we pursue them based on taking the first step, right? And so it's not that we're powerless. Like if, if I am powerless, right then then there is no other power in this world that is going to put me where i want to be totally right? because no matter what happens in the world it doesn't change what i do exactly uh, yeah like, i change what i do yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'm flipping that entire conceptual orientation 180 on itself 
getting rid of the old paradigm, the new paradigm is that I am the only one mm. with the power. Right? And I think if from the beginning we can embrace that inherent truth within ourselves, yeah. that, that we are, not only are we powerful beyond measure, but that we are the only ones that have the power to build the life that we want to live, then, then we can start healing. Totally, you know, totally, man. And I'm a good way to look at it as well. Um, from my, from myself anyways, something that I've looked at quite a bit since growing up, I always felt so insignificant physically, so insignificant in terms of confidence, so insignificant in terms of characteristics when it came to my peers or, um, especially my dating, like that was a big thing. Um, like what my capabilities might be, um, what I might be capable with, you might struggle, but what you might be capable with, I might struggle. That's yeah, in the physical yeah, yeah. sense, right? And characteristics. So maybe even in basketball, LeBron James would kick my ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no matter right, how right, hard right. I try, I'm never going to be as tall. The rest of I'm your life, gonna, you yeah. basketball and never literally, succeed. Yeah, literally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Each and every single one of us have the same capability of creating a sense of consciousness. Because yeah. we all have that. We all have that capacity. We all have that ability. But is it? it's the willingness or it's the awareness of, the, of that fact uh, from mm. the start. Because I never had that awareness. I never had that understanding. I always felt so insignificant, but that sense of consciousness didn't make me feel significant or insignificant. It made me feel powerful, but not significant or powerful over others. It made me feel more connected with others. And yeah, because that, you're more connected with yourself. Correct. Yeah, correct, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. So yeah. it was just that, um, that factor of, that means if I judge my worth from what worth really is, which is that of a life and not of my characteristics, what I produce, what I do, whatever, um, then it makes me feel just as worthy as another. And that's something that I always yeah, felt yeah. like. So th- this is beautiful, right? So what you're doing here is you're internalizing your worth yeah. instead of seeking external validation, right? Boom. And so much of society, especially like the American dream ideology, right? The whole mm. like Western capitalist sector is it's all external, man. Status, mm. identity, what, what's your job? right how much money do you make how often does someone ask you like the very first question or second question right what's your name what do you do right like they don't want to know what your soul is about or or your emotional capacity and directions a b or c they want to know what you do right like what's your job how much money do you make how can i put you on a spectrum by which i can compare myself to you and we can like externally validate each other and how how are you going to boost my life and what's perceived as worth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How worthy are you yeah, to yeah. me based on your external contingencies, mm-hmm. right? And, and we get lost in this, mm-hmm. right? Like the human race is currently lost in this paradigm. Right. And and so, yeah, this is this is taking our power back, right? This is this is internalizing our sense of self-worth and, and saying, fuck society, yeah. right? Like, fuck the societal yeah. norm. Like... I am worthy, mm. I am me, mm. and me is enough mm. for me, and then just be that, you totally. know, and, and, and as a result of accepting that within ourselves, power is born, mm. right, like true, raw, like infinite, internal power, totally. right, and then it's with that power that we can move forward, yeah. right, that we can heal that we can manifest, that we can build, that we can connect mm. with others truly and authentically, right? Totally, yeah. And I sort of want to um, give an example to the audience, which is how many times have you 
decided that, okay, this will make me happy, this will heal me, this will help me. If I get into this relationship, I'll be happy. And then you've got in there. And then all of a sudden, you've realized, oh, I'm lacking something still. So you find something more. And then you get that. Yeah. Or even if you don't, it's, there's going to be suffering. But if you do get it, the suffering is even more tremendous because the concept of getting what you want and then realizing it didn't make you happy, then what is there that's going to make you happy? Then there's right. this hopelessness. The, the car is not shiny enough or yeah. the vacation wasn't to the right place totally. or for long enough. Or the or... partner's not loving the way you want them to be loving. Yeah, 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 expectations, yeah. man. Expectations. Yeah. Expect... Totally. And, and even more so than that, like so many people have expectations of other people or of situations but they don't even like express those expectations. Yeah. Like having expectations oh my gosh, in, an, yes. in and of itself is yeah. like a detrimental thing. Right. But to have expectations that you A, haven't expressed mm. or B, aren't even like capable of properly articulating That's and expressing, wow. this is just a massive recipe for self-sabotage, yeah. right? And so then, yeah, then the world's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> then, then your boss is an yeah. asshole, right? Uh, then your partner just doesn't understand yeah. you. Your parents are fucking mean or uh, whatever, dude. It's like, let go of expectations. Yeah. Let go of the idea that the world owes you something. Totally. Right? Turn totally. within. And yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, at the end of the day, if everything, and I'm speaking to the audience here, if everything happened your way, then where would I go? Yeah. Well, what would happen to me? <laughs> or, 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 or what would That's, you uh, even like do, right? If uh, everything's going your way, yeah. then you're not growing. No, and that too, exactly. You know, then you're, you're just like, uh, I don't know, like a fucking jellyfish that goes with the tides. Totally. You know, like everything goes with jellyfishes, right? Because it just goes wherever the ocean takes yeah, it, right? Yeah. But like, and we're borderline going to start getting into like the concepts of fate and destiny yeah. here. But like, like, I think that, I, okay let's do it like i think that we play with fate in order to manifest destiny right so like okay. I, never thought of that way. I, I think that our power comes within our capacity to manipulate the concept of fate right like and, and i think within any given day like as a human being like as a consciously aware three-dimensional creature like i have the capacity for reason choice no oh, absolutely right? yeah well and so and we're so, the only people that beings or things on earth that's the reason why we're called a human being it's not like yeah 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 being, exactly you know? yeah, yeah, consciousness yeah. to manipulate and change that yeah. yeah and so when when we have tuned mm. into ourselves and we find a place of a positive resonation with who we are regardless of the external world yeah. Right? Then we cultivate that power from within and, and we resultantly acknowledge our capacity for reason choice in any given moment, irregardless of the externals. Mm. Right? Then how our life unfolds is entirely up to us. Mm. Right? Then there's no more room for blame. There's mm. no more room for this or that or blah, 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 blah is going wrong. It's just like, well, what can I choose to do to make this the best it's going to be for me? Mm. You know? And then that, to me, that's healing yeah i agree man i agree and it's um it's yeah like you said going into your power and i like to call it the orange and the apple tree um analogy which is the whole world thinks that i need to produce oranges in order to be happy so there i am trying to grow oranges trying to grow oranges trying to grow oranges but i just can't and i don't know why because I haven't figured out yet that I'm a freaking apple tree. I produce the most kick-ass apples, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're the tastiest things in the world, and yet I still try and make oranges. I love this, dude, yeah. because then the best part about it, right, is the entire world 
has been telling you to produce oranges, produce mm -hmm. oranges, produce oranges. But then you finally realize, fuck that, I'm an apple tree, yeah. right? <laughs> and and once, you, once you acknowledge that and embrace it, you start pumping out like the most delicious apples yeah. ever, right? And, and maybe people like are genuinely looking for oranges, but yeah. eventually someone is like, well, what's this apple, mm. right? And they mm. eat it and they're like, this is fucking delicious, yeah. right? So then they call in their friends and they call in more Literally. people. And next thing you know, all of society is like praising you yeah. because you've just given them this brand new thing that no one even knew existed, right? Like your I'm entire society of oranges is all of a sudden now like, we got oranges and we got apples, yeah. right? And the only way that society can shift into that direction of, of gratitude for oranges and apples, mm. right? Which, okay, is a perhaps slow process and mm. perhaps painful for you to, like, bore through knowing that you're, like, the unique apple provider, right? Yeah, totally. But the only way that society ends up on the other side of that, like, with gratitude for the reality of apples and oranges is if you say, fuck the orange paradigm i'm an apple maker yeah. and you just start making apples yeah. right and you get good at making like, apples as exactly, well exactly yeah. <laughs> right well if, if, yeah. if you're an apple tree like you're you're good at making apples yeah, yeah. right like there's no way around yeah, that like so totally. but if you actually focus on making those apples you're gonna get good at it yeah um, you're gonna yeah. be the best at it right yeah. and then on the other side of that people will eventually be like this is way better than only having oranges. Now totally. we have oranges and apples, right? Totally. But no one's ever going to be able to enter that space of an awareness of both yeah. if you yourself don't first embrace the internal awareness and resultant yeah. power totally. that you're a fucking apple tree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, sure, you need to spend time growing your roots. Um, the world won't be able to see anything pop up through the ground for a while. But you're 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 doing yeah, the work. Yeah, you're doing the work. Great metaphor. You know? yeah. <laughs> And then, um, and then once you've nourished yourself, you know, you've, you've, um, you've filled, you've filled up through the earth, um, and you've done the inner work, you're going to come out freaking powerful, freaking strong. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, sure. There's not going to be people that like apples at the end of the day. You know, I didn't yeah. like apples for a long time. Um, I loved oranges though. Um, but you, you yeah. see here, let's go even deeper yeah. into this metaphor too, right? Because it's like the apple might not even be something that someone eats that like they that they love and they mm -hmm. praise you for the apple, right? It could be literally Isaac fucking Newton sitting sure. under your tree and the apple, right, falls and gravity is fucking realized yeah. and invented, right? Like, so it doesn't have to be even that, like you're, the specific thing that you've created, right? Yeah. The apple, the does, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to directly apply to, to the rest of the world, right? Totally. It could just be a thing that opens the door to someone else's awareness yeah. about themselves, right? Like without the apple falling from the apple tree, Newton wouldn't have invented fucking calculus yeah, and yeah. the concept of gravity, yeah. right? Like, so all of that happened because whoever was the apple tree decided <laughs> that they were going to be an apple tree, yeah, right? Yeah. And so like, I, I guess the larger point that I'm trying to make is that like embodying who we are as individuals, yeah. like, we the only like if we are seeking a direct reciprocation if we are seeking like a direct acknowledgement of like wow your apple is so delicious mm. then we're still seeking external validation mm. right we're still we're still asking for someone to honor and and to glorify the fact that we chose to tune into ourselves and create apples mm. right but like 
if we remove ourselves from that still need for external validation or that still expectation of praise, right? And we just we just be the apple tree, right? Like the apple doesn't have to directly impact someone else's life. It could it could just it could just fall next to them mm. and open their horizons to who they are. Totally. That's it. Totally. Maybe they go become a fucking plum tree. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. No, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, but let's uh, let's move on to actually. Yeah, like, get, get out, get out <laughs> I was getting really into the apple tree. <laughs> like this whole podcast will be called the apple, apple tree. <laughs> the apple tree analogy. Um, yeah, yeah. So now I want to dive into because I really want to dive into your story because I think it's so powerful on its own, just as it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but before I do that, I would just want to talk about your conscious masculinity focus and yeah. what you want to do in that area. Yeah, man. So me and a buddy, a co-founder. Uh, his name's Slim. He's a fucking boss. Uh, we connected maybe like two years ago. We were at a similar place going through a difficult relationship like place. And, and we connected like right away um, over the space of fitness. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he's an MMA fighter oh. and a movement practitioner. And then I'm big into CrossFit and yoga. And so we were kind of like collaborating our knowledge in these four arenas um, to kind of like entertain the idea of, of, a, of an ideal man who was like amazing at all four of them, right? Like, or, or at least apt in the arena of, of all of these. Um, and so then like over time we've, we've remained connected and, and communicating and just me and him having conversations about what would make us individually the best man that we could be. You know, we, we started to realize that fitness was a very, very small, well, not very small, but, but only one part of what actually makes us like the best man that we could be. And we ultimately boiled it down to what we call the four foundational pillars, which are spirituality, um, and then our intellect, our emotional capacity, and then our physical capacity, Mm. right? So the four pillars are spiritual physical, intellectual, emotional. Mm. Um, And so our ideology within this is man or woman, but we're working with men, is that the ideal man is balanced across all four pillars. That to overextend yourself in the direction of any one pillar, you inherently generate too great a sacrifice in the other three. Right. Um, And so, and you see this in society, like all over the place, like top CEO, businessman, right? Super successful career. Uh, Maybe he has time to go to the gym, right? So he, so he's got these two pillars in check, but then he he has no spiritual practice or doesn't acknowledge any form of, of spirituality in his life Mm. at all. And his family life sucks. Mm. Right. Um, So then, you know, okay, you're great in two pillars, but like the other two are non-existent, like, your, your foundation is inherently imbalanced, right? And so our thing is like maintaining an awareness around the ideology that is the pursuit of balance across all four. Right. And that the ideal man, if you will, is balanced across all mm-hmm. four. He, okay, yeah, like you take care of your body, you honor your physical temple, um, and you, you also challenge your intellect and pursue mm-hmm. like a successful career. Um, but, but that you're also in tune with yourself emotionally and spiritually, right? And that, and that you have a, a grander understanding of how you feel on a spiritual level and why you feel that way and then how you apply all of that 
into like the quadrant of being an emotional being right? totally, and, totally. and this one is very important because so many men just hide from their emotions like yeah. I was telling you my story right mm. like society kind of teaches us that men like somehow aren't emotional mm. right which is like fundamentally mm. invalid like where human beings are emotional creatures right yeah. but by nature and design totally. right like <laughs> um so yeah, to, to deny as a man that, that you are spiritual or emotional in order to be super physically fit or, or successful in your career to us is a, uh, invalid pursuit. You know? mm. So um, the base of the company that we're building is going to be like a retreat style company, but it's going to be, we have websites and social media and everything launching here in the next uh, two months. Mm. Um, and we're really trying to create like a community. Yeah, like a community of men who are pursuing this balance. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to be part of that community. Yeah, you are, brother. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. And now I want to kind of dive into what brought you about to go, um, to be so inspired to go about these businesses. Because your story, like I said, on its own is already such an inspiration, but also such a lesson. Um, not just for you, but for myself or anyone listening. Uh, I mean, that as the base level. And then on top of that, you've got all these other amazing... Uh, lessons as well that you've been yeah, teaching yeah. me and um, the audience which is incredible so talk to me about when you did fall into that space what was that like when you fell into the addiction space how did you feel what would go through your mind what, yeah like when I was body? in the depths of it yeah like when I was in the darkness man start from like, the start though and how you how you fell into that darkness you know at, at one point I just kind of gave up like when I was in middle school and high school like I like I yeah, like heartbreak, but like more so like the authority figures in my okay. life, you know, like, like, thankfully, luckily, and, and it, from a place of deep gratitude, my parents never like told me how to live. They were just always like, you know what, it's your, it's your life. Mm. Like, whatever. Mm. Like, even when I was getting kicked out of school all the time, my parents were like, it's your life. Like, mm. no one's gonna have to deal with this shit except for you. Mm. You know, so I, I at least had like positive emotional support at home I like that. but in school like it was just like there was an answer there was a blueprint there mm. was a system mm. it was like it was like yeah you're in a maze but there's this one fucking way to solve it and just solve it the way that we tell you to solve it mm. like just do it kid you know and i and i just like i just couldn't get down with yeah. Like, I just, I just really, like, on a deep soul level, like, at that time, like, my, my, my capacity for conscious awareness was n non-existent to yeah. where I am today, you know, like, so I, but, but on some, what I would now call intuitive level, I just knew that everything that we were being told to do was wrong. Mm. Like, and I, and it, more so than anything on, like, a grander scheme of it, I could see that the people that were teaching me, my, my teachers and my authority figures... They were sad. Like they were they were deeply, deeply, deeply sad. Yeah. Right? And then my resistance to entering this paradigm of sadness then angered them because they were like, Well, if I have to fucking live sad, yeah. then like shut up, kid, and join us. Yeah. You know, and I was just always like, I don't wanna I don't want to be sad. Yeah. Like, I don't want to grow up to be like you. You're totally. sad. And at the end of the day, knowledge is closing yourself off from other possibilities. If I suddenly know how something is, I've closed myself off already from any other possibility. Yeah, if, if you name me, yeah. you negate me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. name me, you inherently limit my capacity to be an infinite amount of other things in this moment, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so, yeah, then, but 
I didn't know how to express that. I didn't even really like fully understand it in my youth, you know? So then I was just kind of angry. Mm. Like, like how, how do all these adults, how do all these teachers, like how can they not see what to me is so plain? Totally. And right? I just want to sort of um, point out that I feel like the education systems turn into this sense of what we could perceive as slavery. I mean, what is slavery? Okay. If I tell you something, you're going to do it and it has to be done this way. And it's like the priority of education isn't in terms of, um, how can we produce the most amazing kid? It's more about, um, what's the word? Uh, basically I say something and you do it. I can't remember the word for that. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like a cookie cut. Like our, our education system, the way that it currently runs was built maybe like a hundred 150 years ago whatever during the industrial revolution where everybody was working in factories Mm. right and so like the general orientation of of what produced a quote successful human being Mm. was someone who could just follow orders right like especially like pre-world war one and pre-world war two you know like like the government the army and and the ultimate hierarchy system that controlled the schooling system Mm. like they didn't want philosophers yeah they didn't want people that could think for themselves they wanted people that would shut the fuck up pick up a gun and go kill a bunch of people that didn't need to die yeah you know um and so but but we we, we've consciously evolved Mm. past that point like the human race is more aware than that space that we were in 60 70 80 years ago right but the 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 systems by which we cultivate knowledge are still still that they're, yeah. they're outdated right, right. The, the entire education system on a global level is subject for reform mm. right and it's happening but it, it's gonna take some time totally um but yeah so then anyways if we go back to like your initial question for me personally like i just kind of eventually gave up like my anger wasn't it wasn't getting me anywhere you know i was just getting kicked out of class and, and kicked out of school i got expelled my freshman year of high school like just mm. flat out told to like leave school forever you know and so then i like that was like a huge thing for me where i was like well like i don't know how to get people to open their eyes but everything that i've tried thus far isn't working and so i i just gave up i was like fuck it like i i live like with a bunch of consciously unaware people who apparently are extremely attached to their sadness you know and so then i just then then now i was living inside of an ideological prison right i literally felt like i was living inside of a prison Mm. um and so then if i was if life right everything i knew of life was this so if life was to be living inside of an ideological prison uh might as well get fucked up yeah totally right totally Um, and and so drugs and alcohol they they a made me feel like i was having fun living inside of a cage um but b they also they also made me like it it made the whole big picture kind of like numb itself away Mm. and so then my brain wasn't always like this hyperactive thing that it is where i was like big picture vision of like a better future like it just kind of all went away Mm. and then so then that c allowed me to feel like I fit in right like I literally I literally used to tell myself this like the only reason I drink is so that I'm dumb enough to fit in like and now that's a sad thing to say right like even like um but that's what I that's what I used to tell myself you know and it's not like a dumb enough thing to fit in it was just like a numbing of my personal conscious awareness um and so yeah then I just 
But I did that for so long and, and allowed it to suck me into the like literal depths of hell. Um, then, then I eventually was like at the like bottom, most bottom of hell. And I had this kind of moment where it was like, can you describe what that felt like for you? Like, yeah, man. Like, words. like it was just darkness everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like there was no, there was no other option, you know, like I'd wake up in the morning at the end of it. Like I was drinking like at least a, a liter of whiskey a day like every 24 hours and and I would wake up in the morning like like hungover dehydrated like withdrawing like my hands were shaking you know and but the darkness was so everywhere like so just the totality of my existence that that the only option was to drink again you know like there was no if if I didn't drink again then then I would get st- all the way sucked in wow. like like almost like i was like on like the precipice of a black hole right and alcohol was like keeping me at the perimeter at the event horizon but if i if i let go of the alcohol then yeah. <laughs> like i was in the fucking black That's hole it. right and, and so like alcohol time. was this thing that at least made me feel like i was like still at the event horizon i could still see some light maybe yeah. or whatever but like none of that was true until i was drunk yeah you know and so like every morning it was like the only way and, and it's a it's a weird chemical switch that happens in the brain over time right but then yeah then the only way that life is beautiful in any way shape or form is when you're fucking wasted mm. or or using or whatever this happens with heroin and meth mm. and cocaine and totally. and or with shopping or with working people get addicted to cortisol they get addicted oh, to bro, their yeah. stress hormone like yeah. i need to work 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 yeah. and if i'm not working i'm not happy yeah. like it's all the same shit totally. right and um, also, do you mind describing maybe what thoughts might go through your mind back then? What what would be like a normal thought? Or for me, like, man, like I, I had just given up. Okay. Like it didn't like, like my thoughts were just fuck it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, if I sat and really thought about it for longer, then I might be able to have like a more articulate answer yeah. for you. But like on the spot, remembering back to those times in my life, like it was just like, I just didn't care. Mm. Like, I really just didn't care. Mm. Like, I, I had tried, right? And I had failed. Mm. Or, right? Like, my anger and, and my, like, resistance hadn't gotten me anywhere. And so then now I was just kind of like, whatever. Like, I guess this is I guess this is what people call life, you know? But I still couldn't get down with it. Yeah. So then I was just like, for me, that was, like, the only paradigm I knew that was this was life, mm. right? And I just wasn't into life, mm. So I just didn't care, (laughs) you know, like, but then, yeah, this is what I realized, man. This is, this is where everything switched for me is it wasn't that I wanted to die. It wasn't that I wasn't into the act of living. It was just that I wasn't into living the way that everybody else was living. I didn't want to die. Like I wasn't suicidal, yeah, yeah. right? Like right. I mean, okay, I, I I had suicidal thoughts, yeah, yeah. but I like intrinsically, I didn't want to like stop living. Yeah. But I didn't in any way, shape, or form want to live the way that everybody else was living. Yeah, I feel that. Right. And but then what what else is there? Yeah. Right. If if you don't want to live the way that literally everybody else is living, then like what else is there? Right. And, and this is why I'm building the company that I'm building because currently 
what else is there? There, yeah. there isn't really, right? But for me, I decided, again, fuck everyone else. I'm going to live my life how I want to live my life. And this has brought me into this whole new space, this whole new, like, conscious awareness, con- whatever, like, the, to where I am now, where I'm like, there is another option, right? And here it is. Here we are, exactly. right? And so the, the company that I'm building in the space of addiction recovery is... Uh, ultimately a presentation of the fact that this other option does exist. Yeah. You don't have to sit in the depths of hell and you sure as shit don't have to live the life that everyone else is telling you you have to live. There is another option and and I've developed a path for helping you get yourself there. Amazing. Yeah. And now talk to me about your climb Uh, when you're in the depths of hell and you finally started to climb what uh, what was that like? What would you what did you do? What were some focuses? Yeah, man, like, you know, it's interesting, like, um, when you first, when, when I first made this decision, right, I was, I went all the way back to being alone. Mm. Like, you know, I, I was alone when I was younger, right? And no one else understood or anything. So then I spent this whole time building this mask that allowed me to fit in. And then now I had all these people that approved of my mask. Right. Uh, to, to at least some basic level of, totally. of my ability to be friends with them. Yeah. And then I decided to take off the mask. And so then I was immediately like all alone again. Wow. Right? Like at least in my head. You know? Like I, I have friends and family and a support system of a ton of very beautiful people that have been there for me through the whole process. But in my head now with, with this mask removed, what, what I essentially did was I ridded myself of my past identity. Right? And so now you're a, an identity-less person, mm. right? Except I was 26 years old, mm. right? And so, like, you have to fit in and be successful and, and make your own money and, and pay rent and do all these things, right? Uh, without an identity. Um, so I, I, I felt like I was five years old, man. I had no idea. Mm. Um, but, like, in, in, the, in the means by which I continued moving forward, the one thing that I focused on most was that, okay, I have no idea who I am. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And I s- certainly have no idea how I'm going to get there. But I do know that where I was is not where I will ever be cool. again. Cool. You know? And so, truth be told, like, even three years now down the road, building two companies, like, uh, quite successful in my freelancing, writing, and editing, um, and, and all the stuff that I've done, I still don't have a clue, man. so to to anyone that's listening like it's not about having an answer it's not about figuring it out it's not about like having this beautiful strategic plan it's not about knowing yeah it's about surrendering yeah and i mean no one even knows um nobody knows nobody knows like and that's the funniest thing about the personal growth industry right like you'll go to these you'll go to these life coaches and these seminars and these things and, and they have all these answers yeah. for you. And, like, fundamentally, like, that's inaccurate. There's no like, answers. Anyone There's who no tells you they have answer. an answer is lying through their teeth so that, like, totally. you'll give them money. There's only, this right? is the like, way I do it. If you share in what I am talking about, then yeah. let's try this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and if it's presented in that fashion, yeah. if it's like a, hey, I have no idea. But here's what I did, yeah. and it worked for me. Totally. So maybe it'll also work for you. Then, then that's powerful. Yeah, like totally. for sure. And, Otherwise, for and example, if you can get down with that, and if yeah. it does work for you, 
beautiful. Totally. But anyone who has an answer inherently has no answers. Totally. And if that was the case, then all we need is Tony Robbins and the entire world is healed. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but that, unfortunately, that's not the case. Yeah. 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 And so that's that's a huge thing, too. I think for anyone who is in this space, who's trying to, like, get themselves, like, perhaps out of the darkness, right? And to charge forward in, in, in a, some kind of new direction. Like, first and foremost, allow yourself to acknowledge what I've said. Mm. You don't have to do what everyone else tells you mm. that you have to do. And you also don't have to sit in the darkness. Mm. There is another option. Um, and you, and you can do it. And if you want to reach out to me to, to know how to take the first step, like awesome. Um, but, but really taking that first step is just acknowledging that there is another option that nobody Mm. else knows about or cares about or supports. Nonetheless, fuck them. Mm. Right. And going in this new direction and then knowing that as you go in that new direction, the only person that you can rely on is yourself, Mm. right? Tuning into that power within finding like a resolute way to live with yourself to be happy and grateful with who you are and then as you cultivate that power and charge in this new direction know that no matter what you do you're never gonna have the answer no there is no, no answer like no, totally. and, and if you can get comfortable within that awareness yeah then life just starts happening for you in Absolutely, like a really beautiful Absolutely, man. Yeah. And um, I just want to tell a quick story. So, Dave, he worked in, uh, he worked in the White House. And yeah. uh, he was quite high up in the White House, so people wouldn't question his authority. But he started moving around uh, offices, basically. He'd uh, move to different offices around the building. Then before you knew, you knew it, he had his desk out in the garden. Uh, and then one day, he actually moved his desk into the bathroom. People were so confused, but they didn't want to question him because of his authority. He could kind of just do whatever. Yeah. And one guy eventually got up the courage, uh, went into the toilet, a little bit nervous, but sparked the question anyway. He just needed an answer. And he said, uh, sir, why are you working from the bathroom? And he's like, because this is the only place in the entire damn building where anyone knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I love uh, it. Uh, actually, yeah, I, I did. I did steal that story, but bro, like, it's like so true. Like, the only time I really, truly know what I'm doing is when I'm taking a leak. Yeah, <laughs> because you're just taking a leak, right? Like, and and that's that's a powerful point to use mm-hmm. to highlight. Like, you, you could say the same about like eating food, right? Oh, like, fuck. you're hungry, you eat. Yeah. You know what you're doing. Yeah. You're bypassing yeah. hunger because you're you're like staying alive mm, right yeah. but outside of like stay alive outside of like survival mode right like and then this is a powerful powerful thing to talk about too right because for most of human history survival has been at the forefront of our consciousness oh, right until yeah. until maybe like a hundred years ago until maybe even like world war Two, right, exactly. right like it was like survive yeah like clan us versus them me and my people need enough food Mm -hmm. enough resources enough love for us to survive right and now we're at a point in human history where it's like like nobody's trying to survive i mean okay like there and bless their hearts there are still people on this planet that wake up every day and need to find water and need to find food and that but but if you're listening to the podcast it's probably not the case you yeah, know, if yeah. you're listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. then survival is not at the forefront of yeah. your consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so 
but but we still allow ourselves to operate in this like scarcity mindset mm-hmm. this like holy fuck i need to survive yeah, like way of living yeah. it's, it's fucking primitive yeah. man but nonetheless like we are our, our parents grew up in in a scarcity survival mindset mm-hmm. that was taught to them from their grandparents mm-hmm. who went through the great yeah. depression right? right like that was a legitimate mindset in the great depression survival was legitimate Mm. right but like that's just not reality anymore right and so like if we if we allow ourselves to operate through through this ideological outlook that doesn't actually serve the reality that we're living in Mm. then then we're we're fundamentally askew from the get-go right and so it for me now like the next step in human evolution is is one of a conscious awareness around this fact it's no longer about surviving yeah. and it's all about thriving. Right. Yes. You know? And so what can I do to thrive? Yeah. What can I do to become the best version of me? Totally. Right. Totally. Like not about, not about fighting to make oranges yeah. because we need oranges. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Totally. It's like, no, nah, fuck it. I'm going to make apples. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. Or um, worrying about the tiger in the woods because you need to go through the woods to find freaking food or whatever, or worrying about the random, um, invader and your tribe, you know, coming in as a spy and wanting to slaughter everyone from the inside. Now that tiger is your boss and that, that person coming in is maybe the, the person trying to get with your girl or get with your boy. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah, it's yeah, like exactly. all of a sudden like, that becomes that survival mindset. And but, but all of this too, like in, in the context now that you're bringing mm-hmm. this, right? Like all of that is still a lack of positive resonation with self. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like yeah. even if I have a girlfriend, right? And and we're in a relationship and we're together and some guy comes in and starts talking to her, mm. right? Like if I allow that survival mechanism in me, that it's perhaps biologically ingrained, mm. right? But we're consciously aware of our own biology at this mm. point, right? Like we've become consciously evolved enough that we can maintain an awareness around like our biological construct, right? So, okay, maybe it's biological, but it's it's still inept. Yeah. It's, it's still evolutionarily non-beneficial at this point. So what, So back to the to the story, right? Even if I have a girlfriend and a guy comes in and is like talking to her and even if she's smiling yeah. and flirting back, totally. like if I try to like exert external control over that situation, if I try to like own my status in that relationship, if I try to like dominate the other man or assert that like this is my girl, right? Then I lack internal resignation with myself yeah right and so if we are truly tuned into who we are if we are truly like cultivating that power and that awareness and that comfortable essence with with our individual self Mm. then it's like yeah like maybe this dude comes and swoops my current girlfriend off her feet and maybe she leaves me and maybe she goes with him but nonetheless like that's all external, yeah. right? And all of that happens and okay, now I'm single again. Yeah. But if I'm truly like comfortable with myself, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. And if I'm right? truly comfortable in this relationship, that would never even happen. Exactly. Yeah. That would never yeah. happen. And and if she did leave, then she wasn't meant Absolutely for you not. in the first place. Absolutely not. Yeah. Because and what's missing is obviously not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like that, that connection obviously yeah. wasn't strong yeah. enough, right? And and that's okay. Yeah, oh, absolutely. If, yeah. if we're tuned into ourselves, yeah, right? Like if, if our validations in life 
are contingent upon external variables, right? Contingent upon that girl validating us. Mm. And then now she's gone. Yeah. Then we don't have validation. Right. We don't feel self-worth, right? Totally. Self-worth is a funny totally. word, right? And self. That brings us back to when you were climbing out of the high, actually. Sorry, climbing out of the low and then coming into your high. Yeah. I want to actually, t- um, because I want to kind of bring the podcast to a summer, to like a rant. Which yeah. is the last thing I want to do, bro, because I'm freaking on fire right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's like so many things. I keep wanting to jump in and be like, yo. Episode but, two. Yeah. Episode two. <laughs> right, I, I will um, eventually, actually, um, I'll do another round, um, maybe um, whether it's a year's time or whenever, but yeah, we'll definitely cool. do another one, a thousand percent, because I love the things you talk about. I love you. Um, but I want to just ask, what were maybe three key things that worked for you when I was climbing out of a hole of depression and of addiction? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like getting myself yeah. out of the darkness. Yeah. What are the three things that yeah. I really focus? You know, I just gave a speech on this actually as well. Oh. Resilience Virtual Summit. Um, so, the the three things that helped me the most. Yeah. Um, I think one, and then we've talked about this, but it is it is it is so crucial. The first thing is acknowledging that no one else, no no person. Mm-hmm no god mm. no deity mm. the universe if you will totally. no one or thing no. else is ever going to build for me the life that i want absolutely not. other than me absolutely and right? i just want to acknowledge this for religious people even if you are religious and god is your savior i think it's very important to acknowledge that if you are praying for something you still need to put in some effort man you still yeah, need to put yeah. in something and and yeah. i mean and and to, to these people, I would also encourage the pursuit of an awareness around the fact that God is not an external concept, no. right? Yeah. And so God, God is still a very beautiful conceptualization. It's still an awareness of a higher energy, mm. of, of a moral, um, like a, of, a, of a positive application of morality, mm. right? Um, but that idea that concept that god is not something separate from ourselves right if we externalize our god then then what are we inside totally and it's not an inhibitation either like unfortunately people using god as a reason why they can't it's not an inhibitation it's an empowerment yeah Yeah. if you externalize your god then then yeah you're still seeking external validation Mm -hmm. right but god is within us mm. god is mm. powerful god mm. god lives in the heart and soul of every mm. human being Absolutely. right and so like however you word your orientation around that concept nonetheless it's an internal thing yeah. right and so then that's still tuning into your power Absolutely. to cultivate your life Absolutely. right so i just want you to highlight what maybe brought you into that or what maybe allowed you, or like a tool, um, something that you focus I would, on. Yeah, I was just personally fed up. Okay. Like I just like I just find like you like in the context of the whole story I've said right like I gave up, but then I was fed up with the fact mm. that I had given up, and and so I, I I ultimately realized that like the reason that the world didn't exist that I thought should was because I hadn't yet built it. Cool. Yeah, I love that. And that's, that's the awesome. power within, right? That's so so that's the first thing. Yeah. Um, the second thing I would say is uh, something I call the thought train. Like keep the thought train going, um, which just means don't like fixate on the pain. Don't don't mm. don't let yourself get stuck in in the moment, 
right? Yeah, totally, like, totally. like, okay, be present, but, like, once the moment is gone, like, presence, the concept of presence takes you into the next moment, right? Like, so often we, like, if I was going to talk about, for example, drinking again, like, I have thoughts sometimes where I'm like, fuck, man, it's been a long week. Like, I could really go for a beer on the beach right Appreciate now. Appreciate you for bringing that up. Right? Like, I could go for a beer on the beach right now. That sounds nice. But then if I keep the thought train going, right? One beer turns to two beers, turns to three beers, turns to six beers. Now I'm drunk. Then I'm like, ooh, let's drink some whiskey and have a real fun night about it. I drink the whole bottle of whiskey. I wake up in the morning. I'm hungover. How do you get rid of a hangover? You have another beer, right? All of a sudden, I'm drinking again because of one beer on the beach. So then if I keep the thought train going... Then it's like I don't want a beer on the beach. Mm. Absolutely no way, shape, or form do I want a beer on the I beach see. because the beer on the beach is going to take me all the way down the thought train. I see, right? And so keep the thought train going. Yeah. Don't allow yourself to like just get stuck there. And that and that's a byproduct that. of realizing your own power within. Like you can move past that moment. You can move that. through that moment. Totally. Um, and then I think another really really powerful thing that most of society um, doesn't really like allow a total acknowledgement of is that the concept of pain Mm -hmm. and the concept of suffering are mutually exclusive concepts Mm. like we always talk about pain and suffering as if as if like they come together right like Mm. with pain comes suffering like that's fundamentally invalid Mm. right like pain is pain is inevitable right like this this life is built off of pain i would say even that like the concept of love is the byproduct of pain right right? like we we became nurturing emotional loving beings in order to alleviate the pain of death and all of these things right like so pain is universal Mm -hmm. perhaps the universal constant but suffering is when we don't keep the thought train going, mm. right? Like suffering is the byproduct of our attachment to our pain mm. or, or our, our clinging on to the story oh, itself. Taking a wound, ripping it open and infecting it. Yeah, like, and like don't, jumping words. inside of it and yeah. then just like calling it home, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like this happened to me, this painful moment happened to me, right? Because of the external world. Mm. And, and then because of my expectation of how my life was supposed to be, like now that that's been debunked and I'm blaming that painful moment, now I'm stuck within it. Mm. And when you're stuck within it, you suffer. Mm. Right? Totally. So acknowledging the difference between pain and suffering allows you to completely eradicate suffering from your life. Mm. Painful shit happens to me all the time, mm. right? Like you tell a girl that you like her and she doesn't give a shit about you, right? Like that's painful. Totally. But like I don't have to suffer because of that. Yeah. I can be like, okay, well shit yeah like that's a moment that happened and inherently now i'm in a new moment and so that all of that pain and everything is Mm. now irrelevant because now i'm in a new moment right all of a sudden suffering's gone like snap of a finger i'm in a new moment and there was no suffering boom totally so um so i wanted to just bring into the moment maybe a tool or something that you personally use that allows you to bring that sense of awareness allows you to bring that sense of empowerment within um, is this something that you do on a consistent basis that brings about that sense of empowerment? Yeah, like, I mean, this is going to sound perhaps cliche or perhaps overly simplified, man, but, like, just take a moment. Like, just take a breath. Like, oh, you know, like, okay, I, I meditate a lot too, yeah. and, and so, like, this is, like, a grander application of what I'm saying, but in any given moment, like, there there's a, a conscious capacity to create space between thought 
an action. Yeah, his mind right? kind of thought. Yeah, and and so like a painful moment happens, mm. right? And the emotion of pain is birthed within us mm. instantaneously, right? And then as a very very fast subconscious byproduct, like in milliseconds, our entire life history subconsciously programs some kind of thought around the birth of that emotion. Yeah. All of this happens at the snap of a finger, blink yeah. of an eye, right? But we have a conscious capacity to acknowledge all of that and objectively remove ourselves from it. Eckhart Tolle calls it like becoming the observer, mm. right? And so we remove ourselves from, from that encapsulation of that painful moment and its coinciding thoughts and, and just take a deep breath. Oh, bro. Right? That's... Like, just the biggest thing. Like, and we subconsciously yeah. do it all the time. Yeah. Like if you're overwhelmed, if you're stressed, like you subconsciously take a deep breath, right? Like that's just what we do. Um, but if we can do that consciously, mm. right? Then we remove ourselves from that instance. And then before we act on those thoughts mm. that are a byproduct of that emotion, mm. we, we, we create a space for us to be consciously aware of, totally. of what would actually benefit us. Totally. And the more that we do that, the bigger that space becomes. Totally. Right. And so I would just say, yeah. initially, take a deep breath before you say or do anything ever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's that's literally <laughs> it. That is literally that's, it. That's it. That, you want yeah. to become enlightened? Just take yeah. a deep breath before you do anything yeah. ever. Yeah. That's the key to enlightenment, Beautiful. right there. Beautiful. Um. But no, like on a, on a bigger level, uh, the more that we take that deep breath the bigger that that space between thought and action becomes. Yeah. And, and it's the, it's, it's within that space. It's the silence within that space. That is where we can truly tap into divinity. Mm. You know, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Man. You're amazing, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, brother. A lot of love for you, brother. Um, now I just want to bring into, uh, like where they can find you in case they wanted to reach out in case yeah for sure um my website yonolafhendricks.com j-o-n-o-l-a-f-h-e-n-d-r-i-c-k-s i'll put in the notes for those listening as well okay cool and then find me on uh facebook or instagram as well olaf at addiction recovery yeah yeah awesome my man yeah man thanks so much brother yeah thank you brother it's been good to see you guys and uh thank you audience for listening (laughs) yeah um so i just want to say that Please, please, please go follow this guy. Um, we've literally only sat down for one full conversation and then we had like a half conversation before we came up here to record this and he just blows me away every time we talk. It's so stimulating. I always learn something from him. He always lights me up in some sort of way. It's incredible. Um, so I encourage you to go and follow not just his work, but also um, a lot of the amazing, incredible content that he puts out. It's, um, it's, it's a real beautiful thing you're doing. So um, I'm looking forward to in a few months' time, mate, when everything's sort of um, up on the surface you know what i mean I'm yeah everything i'm building is it's surfacing yeah, right yeah, yeah. so that's incredible so anyway without further ado guys much love stay blessed uh follow the pocket coach on instagram and coach kizza on instagram okay for more information and be sure to subscribe to this all right and give it a wee five stars i oh, much appreciate that it's all right you can rate it whatever you want but if it's any less than five stars I'll fly to your city and kick your ass. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're coming. <laughs> All right, much love, guys. Stay blessed. And, um, and remember, you own you. All right.